This podcast is brought to you by the Southeast Asia Research Group from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Welcome to Surge, a podcast series bringing you the latest waves of news, research, and insights from Southeast Asia researchers, experts, and artists. I'm your host, Rodlin May Banting. In today's episode, we focus on the Philippines and the current landscape of the independent publication industry. We'll be joined by Faye Kura of Gantala Press. Happy listening! Welcome, everyone. So we're super excited to have our guest uh, for this week's podcast. Um, so Faye Kura is a writer and editor and the convener of Gantala Press. She has authored four books of poetry. So thank you so much, Ate Faye, for coming to speak with us. Um, how are you doing? Hello, good morning from uh, Makati City, the Philippines. Uh, thank you for inviting us to, uh, to your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely our pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so maybe to start things off, could you just tell us a little bit about the history of Gantala Press? You know, what inspired it? You yourself are very familiar with the publishing industry in the Philippines and are a writer yourself. So maybe you could just start us off there. So uh, we started in 2015 as an all-women's press. No? So we wanted to publish our own books, basically, because uh, here in the Philippines, as in elsewhere, I would think uh, it takes it really takes a long time for publishers you know, to publish your book, if you want to publish your book or have your book published. So we wanted to self-publish. Uh, there were no women's presses at the time uh, in the Philippines. Um, and um, I had just finished write, writing a collection of poetry uh, whose theme was, uh, whose theme centered on women and women in literature, in history, uh, etc. So I wanted a women's press to publish it. Uh, so because there were no women's presses, as I mentioned, uh, we decided to form our own women's press. So uh, we, we got together and then we formed this uh, group um, called Gantala Press. So Gantala means spool in, in Filipino, in Tagalog. It's a Tagalog word for spool. So we were thinking of a, uh, a name that would connote women's work, like uh, sewing, weaving, etc. And then that was what we came up with. No? It's an old Tagalog word. So yeah, we started in 2015 and then um so at at the start we were just really concentrated or we just wanted to publish our works no but uh eventually when our network grew and then when we got to meet uh, all of these uh, women's organizations and all of these um activist artists as well um our our horizon expanded and then uh our our our, gr- our work expanded as well so now we're publishing um books by women um, basically from the margins such as peasant women um just recently we published a collection of works by uh women political prisoners um and then um and, and a lot of uh, maybe i can talk about our our recent works uh, yeah absolutely now, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah so our our you know, our political work maybe deepened and expanded and uh, strengthened um uh, all those 6 years that we have been uh, we have been um existing 
So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it seems like it seemed uh it started out as very much like a grassroots uh project, right? From the ground up and bringing in a lot of people, so a very collaborative effort. Did everyone have kind of like a background in writing and publishing or was it more people from everywhere? Yes. Uh, no, so we, we started with a group we, we were a group of friends no so yeah uh, some some of them were our schoolmates from the Philippine High School for the Arts when I where I went um and taught for a year I taught <clears throat> creative writing there for a year no so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had uh we had members uh working in that uh, no, in that school that we we were not like professional writers na uh for example we we were we were not published writers in ganyan or uh we don't really write for a living no but we for example we we attended uh writing workshops ganyan kasi we wanted to um have our poetry be read by other other ano supposed to be uh more skilled you know writers and poets parang ganun so uh we yun uh we weren't really professional writers but we all we all wrote uh, we all aspired to write professionally uh some of us are ngo workers some of us are development workers others are teachers ganyan uh, i was um during that time i was a uh, i were i was working as a curator um of history exhibitions at the ano uh, philippine heritage library it's a private corporate library uh connected to the Ayala Museum. So, yun. Yeah, coming out of this, like, tight network of passionate people who are passionate about storytelling and really bringing that to other audiences. So you mentioned a little bit earlier that, you know, a lot of Gantala's focus is on uh, women on the margins, right? So indigenous women, peasant farmer women, and also queer women. So could you kind of speak on the state of uh, women's representations and women's rights in the Philippines as of now and why it's really important to bring those stories to the forefront of course no we, we started um with a very limited like view of the world like, no? na in our own small uh, circle of writers and artists there weren't really many like there wasn't a woman's press um you had you had only a handful of women writing poetry uh, especially poetry in filipino for example no uh so and then uh if there were like uh writing workshops or writing seminars the panelists were all male or there was only one female no and then um there, i even if even if most of the participants were women so th- there was very little represent or for example uh, also in the for example in um in literary classes or in writing classes the reference texts being used are all written by men no? so and of course you have the this these men are the educated ones the ones who write in english no the ones who uh who who you know who serve as panelists in writing workshops no so yun yung ano that's the general picture of the philippine literary scene so that translates to um the uh, wider ano the wider philippine ano, culture no where in classes even if they're not writing classes or literary classes the reference texts are written by men uh, talking about um, basically experiences that are not specific to women even if women you know experience 
um, crisis and all of these problems in a very in very specific ways. No, so uh, there's not much representation. If you just look at our um, written history, at the you at the cur- curriculum that's being taught in schools, you know, you can see the invisibility of women really um, in national national discourses or dialogue. So, um, if we uh, get out of that, um, parang uh, paradigm for example we look at we 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 go out of literature and history and school and education and we look at uh, everyday life no that's also being um that's also very obvious so um it's not it's not only that women are not uh, maybe uh, represented or being uh maybe consulted in you know in important discussions but uh Peasant women, for example, now, especially now, no, in this uh, under this uh, administration, peasant women are being killed, harassed, red tagged, um, and then of course, uh, women because of the way that the government runs the Philippines, no, uh, it's the women who bear the brunt of, you uh, know, of the government's incompetence. So, yon, as as mothers, as um breadwinners of their families no women really like they 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 undergo a lot of suffering and it's important to document all of these yeah absolutely i definitely see that gantala is addressing this you know deep silence and deep absence within the publishing landscape and really giving voice to those stories that aren't heard um, as much and really doing important work in that. Um, So you had mentioned that Cantada also hosts a lot of workshops. Um, So could you speak a little bit to how these workshops are run, how you kind of bring people in who maybe aren't necessarily used to using writing as a tool of storytelling and kind of making that more accessible to more people? Uh, Maybe before I maybe answer that question, I'd just like to um uh, add to the to my previous answer no by using a specific illustration no? so recently we published a collection of uh writings by and on women political prisoners as i mentioned so this is the first book uh collecting works by and on women political prisoners in the philippines so that's uh that's very telling no uh, uh about the kind of uh, literature that exists uh, in the in the in the Philippines, no. But uh, aside from that, um, there are many realities that were or are, um, uh, you know, uh, that are being discussed in the book uh, that are specific to women. So, for example, like um, we learn of how women have difficulty um, inside the inside prisons because uh, they're not allowed to receive or accept. Um, hygienic products and other uh women's hygiene products from from relatives no they have to buy from the cooperative inside if you receive money from your relative the the prison has to get a cut from that <laughs> from that uh, money no so these are very specific um problems and uh, inconveniences that women uh, prisoners under undergo and uh these aren't you know discussed these aren't um Publish no, so uh, these are the kinds of stories that um you know that that simply do not uh that simply are not available and accessible to to most ano uh, to most people. Now regarding our ano uh, our workshops naman, um so we we cannot 
go to a community and just off outright outrightly offer our um uh, quote unquote expertise no in 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 writing or in um handling workshops no we have to have a partner or a organization uh that would uh, serve as a conduit or liaison um between us and the community so for the past um years our partner organizations have been um amihan uh uh, Fe- the National Federation of Peasant Women and uh, recently um, Kadamay no? Kalipunan ng Damay ang Mahihirap or the Organization of Urban Poor uh, Folk Folks in the Philippines so uh, they have been yun, they have been serving as our like partner, our collaborator and also our our, um, yun, our conduit to the community no? because we cannot just go there and uh, you know, like colonizers just right. <laughs> just, <Absolutely>. kind of, <laughs> just trot our stuff, parangana. So, uh, and then so that's one. No, it's important to have a, a partner organization. And then the other thing is we don't really call it a workshop because a workshop for us uh, connotes in expertise, like a teacher-student relationship, and you know the the facilitator supposed to be more knowledgeable. Uh, than the participants, but that's the um normal uh connotation of a, of a work writing workshop at least. So, but for for us, the experience always in workshops, quote unquote, is uh we make sure that it's collaborative, it's interactive. We're all uh equal. <laughs> we learn from the mothers uh, as much as they learn from us, etc. And then we let them. We don't. Like we don't really edit, we don't. When we, for example, uh, we we published a book um entitled Lupang Ramos. It's a collection of um life narratives of peasant women in uh, Lupang Ramos in Cavite. It's a three hundred seventy six uh, wide hect a hectare wide um agricultural land in Cavite that's being uh um threatened threatened by uh pr- private developers and the government as well so uh, anyway so we went there and then we uh, with amihan we held a quote-unquote writing workshop no but what we really did was we uh we listened to their stories no some of some of them couldn't write so we asked them to tell their stories and then we just re- transcribed their stories and then we published the book the the narratives um as is now we just maybe fix the some of the spellings maybe we 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 parang we wouldn't dare edit their work uh, because who parang who are we to to do so <laughs> because they're the experts of their own story and they're the experts of their own narrative so yeah that's what we um that's what we hold on to whenever we hold um writing workshops mm-hmm. absolutely i think yeah i really appreciate the way that you emphasize centering the community right trusting their own expertise and really putting forth and like uh making sure that equality is at the middle of it uh grace do you have a question yeah so um since you've mentioned about projects exposing the plight and situation of political prisoners are there initiatives which bring or highlights what has happened to Amanda Echenis? Because I know that she's also an alumna of the Philippine High School for the Arts. The book, no, uh, it's entitled Salo Obin. Uh, Salo Obin, mga akda ng kababaihang bilanggong political, no. The impetu of <laughs> of publishing that book actually 
was the imprisonment of Amanda. So we wanted to come up with a because uh, so okay, so Amanda was uh imprisoned on false charges on December 2, 2020. Uh so she was imprisoned and then she brought along her her infant son no, with her in prison and then uh immediately her friends and her comrades her allies uh banded together to form the um, free amanda echenis um network also the fain and then gantala is part of that network uh, along with other organizations no artist organizations and other groups and individuals so uh as a member of the FAEN, of the free amanda actionist network gantala wanted to um contribute a project that would help in the in the campaign to free amanda uh and to raise funds as well for her um, needs inside the prison in cagayan so that's that's what really um sparked our uh or that's what really started the uh, the publishing of the book Salo Obin. No, so when we started um putting together Salo Obin, we decided to partner with Kapatid families and friends of political prisoners in the Philippines because they're really the uh, organized ano eh, uh, organized um group or network of ano of women political prisoners. No, so they have direct contact with the women political prisoners, and it would be great to have um writings by women political prisoners in in the book no kasi initially uh, initially we only had um, writings by allies or concerned ano concerned um friends ganyan or supporters so yon so we partnered with kapatid and then uh, it it grew into a into a book so the book includes uh, poems by ano by amanda no? in, initially actually the the title was um uh, a title of one of Amanda's works, no, sa sinapupunan ng digmaan, uh, in the womb of war. So that was the original title of the anthology. But uh, after some discussion, we decided it would be because of the uh, because of how sensitive it is here in the Philippines politically, no, because people are being red tagged left and right. Uh, so we wanted to. It, it was not. We we found that it was not uh, really maybe safe and wise to use a uh a title such as ano sa sinapupunan ng digmaan no? um and part of the proceeds all of our books no whenever we publish a book uh, especially if we have partners with it we are uh, in in publishing it um a, a significant part of the sales of the books uh of the book always goes to the partner no? so in this instance uh a part of the sales of the book will go to Kapatid, no? Because they're, they're, they're the ones handling the needs of women political prisoners. Uh, like Reina Minasino, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, Reina Minasino, and Cora Agovida, and all of these women political prisoners, uh, and Amanda as well. But we're also contributing some to, um, to, to the network, no? Free Amanda Echanis Network. Uh, because they're, they, they're, Amanda herself, like she, uh, she, uh, th- there's really a fundraising uh, campaign going on no, to to help support Amanda, uh, to support Amanda during her stay, you know, inside the prison. And they were also donating some to uh, Mihan because they also have a network of peasant women political prisoners. Uh, yeah, that, that uh, who, as I mentioned, have very specific needs inside the inside prison. So. So thank you so much for continuing the struggle and for the important work that you do. 
Um, have you experienced any threats or harassment for initiatives like these? And why do you persist despite the backlash that you receive or the criticisms or harassment that you face if you experience any? Uh, fortunately, we haven't, uh, we haven't experienced any um, harassment yet. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, I think we're, we're pretty low profile. No, so uh, well, of course, uh, with the anti-terrorism bill that uh, was recently railroaded in Congress, I think in last year, but it was railroaded in Congress uh, last year. Uh, anyone can be called a terrorist. No, anyone, including me and you. No, for uh, for example, we just post something, you know, uh, something political in Facebook. You can be immediately tagged a terrorist. But uh, as a group, we haven't um, experienced any anything like that yet, no. But some of our members are volunteers of AMIHAN, National Federation of Peasant Women. And AMIHAN has um, experienced uh, something terrible, no? Because the Anti-Money Laundering Council of the Philippines froze their bank account because uh, the AMLC uh, called them a, uh, you know, a supporter of terrorists quote-unquote terrorist organizations no uh mainly the which means of course the um communist part of the philippines no this just follows a series of um am of of bank account freezings <laughs> freezings by the amlc no so they have been freezing bank accounts of organizations like a uh, rural uh no no sorry um Rural missionaries of the Philippines in Mindanao, ayan sa Amihan, uh, the Gabriela Alliance pala of women. No? It's, it's the big organizations, big women's organizations, if you come to think of it, that are being uh, harassed in this way. No? Uh, so, um, yun. So, we, we haven't, personally, we haven't been harassed, but because we are... Um, friends, we are partners, and we're volunteers uh, with Amihan, of course, we can feel their pain, no. But you also have this everyday news of, you know, of peasant women organizers being killed, being harassed, being illegally arrested, no. Uh, recently, one peasant he died in prison after maybe decades in in prison. No, he was imprisoned with his wife, uh, Morita Alegre. Uh, they're a peasant couple from the Visayas, and they were arrested on murder. <laughs> because simply because they they refused to sell their land to a developer, so they spent maybe half their lives na lang in prison, and then recently Jesus Alegre died. So it's it's these kinds of ano of stories that uh really, parang break our hearts every day and uh make us question parang ah what's happening uh how can we go on ganyan no uh, should we should we continue being you know activists and ano uh, and um being concerned with with what's happening in the country and then we have parents who who say that you know uh just do, do, don't be an activist it's ano uh, it's it's dangerous it's uh etc so we have all of these difficulties but what what maybe gives us strength is this this very uh this this women of for example of amiha no we we see in them they're really very courageous, they're very brave, they're very intelligent and smart, and uh, they just choose to, uh, no, they just choose to 
to move on, to go on, despite you know, and and fight all of these, you know, all of these um harassments by the government, and uh, they just continue doing their work, however they can, however hard it is. So that's what this also what inspires us. Yeah, I think you know, with the stories that you share, I think it really highlights the ways in which you know the anti-terror law, um, and the government has really weaponized these different forces and these different laws in order to not only just ideologically control what's going on, right, but very concretely, like you said, with the bank accounts, but then really bringing it down to that individual level of these real life stories that you know. Um, kind of fuel your motivation and your passion and I think that when the stakes are that high when the stakes are death and imprisonment um, it makes your work that much more revolutionary and important um, so we thank you for that um, I think if it's okay with everyone um, I'd like to just shift a little bit um, to talk a little bit more about your projects um, I know that you guys have been uh, coming out with a lot of different books for example my mother is more than a comfort woman and other projects so I just kind of wanted to open up the floor to you to talk a little bit about those and how those projects uh, came to be and, you know, how um, or maybe what the importance is of, you know, challenging existing narratives about Filipina women and more broadly, you know, third world women, quote unquote, um, not only in the Philippines, but, you know, on the global stage as well. So we started, uh, as you mentioned, with My Mother is More Than a Comfort Woman. It's a uh, storybook in three languages, no? in uh, Filipino, English, and Japanese. Uh, the authors, well, the... It's a project by uh, a group of um, two Japanese women and one Cambodian woman who uh, went to the to Ateneo de Manila to attend a an international uh, course there. So this is their like the product of one of their classes. They interviewed um, they interviewed the descendants of former comfort women, and then. Uh, and of course, these stories also tell the the, the difficulties of uh, that their lolas, no, their grandmothers or their mothers went through. But the storybook also wants to emphasize that you know, uh, these women are more than comfort women. No, they're not. They they shouldn't be uh, pinned as you know former comfort women only. So they they went on to uh to 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 grow their family, you know, to um to to work, uh to yeah, to live their own uh, no, to live their own lives and of course to fight uh to, to to join the movement so that their experience won't happen again. So that's the important thing also. No? So these uh, lolas, no? these former comfort women, chose to uh, to fight uh, so that um, yeah, their experience won't, so that no one else will experience what they experienced. So uh, that came about because of our friendship with Lila Pilipina, the organization of... Um, former comfort women in the Philippines and their descendants. No, So the, because uh, the authors were friends with Lila Pilipina and the Lila Pilipina connected us with them because uh, Lila uh, knows us as a, as a women's press. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we were, we're also grateful, no? Because, um, yeah, uh, we're also grateful because 
uh, any big press could have published that book, but uh, they chose to work with us. Uh, maybe because uh, we're smaller, so it means the it it would be quicker to work on the book and have it published now than if uh, they submitted it to a to a big press and then it could take years before you know uh before it gets you know, finalized but this one we worked on it for just a few months uh just a few months so that's 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 also how we work now we we we're fast uh compared to uh no, compared to big publishers uh and th- that's a, that could be an advantage it could also be a disadvantage sometimes anyway so that's one that's one book and then we published Saloobin no the anthology of um of uh writings by women political prisoners so we're selling it uh we're selling it the book now so that we can raise funds uh which we will which we will donate to the various organizations that i mentioned earlier we published a folio of lesbian writings uh wildfire we called it no so that actually started as as a fun project for the press no it's like uh yeah we just wanted to we just wanted to publish a, a zine or a zine lang of enough um lesbian writings and art but then we received a lot of of submissions and mostly from young writers so that's what we're happy about now so these are young writers from all over the philippines kanyan so we decided to turn it into a full fledged book instead of just a zine with just a few copies so yeah that's how wildfire came to be uh yeah we're very happy that we have a lot of um works by by young lesbians <laughs> young lesbian writers there in the in that book no because uh for what uh, one there aren't very many lesbian themed books in the philippines um and two uh <laughs> i think i think most writers here or publishers they're very uh concerned that their book should be you know quote unquote literary or as literary as possible but you know we, we we're not so maybe um we're not so uh what do you, hung, hung up on that you know, that you know this book should be literary it should be <laughs> etc as long as you know we're collecting all of these you know, works and these various experiences and expressions as well of lesbian you know lesbian life in the philippines we're, we're happy with that so we have that and then um recently we also published a oh, covid19 journals this one naman we it, it's a collaboration it's a partnership with Women Writing Women Philippines which is a uh an organization of women writers and journalists so they also approached us and asked if we would be willing to um publish the book with them uh so it's a it's a nice collection as well of um essays and photographs of um, women's lives during the pandemic we have uh, an essay there about a migrant worker uh, about urban poor women who who build or who built a a community garden during the pandemic no? so we have various and uh, various articles or essays there in that book and then our most recent uh, book is um entitled Lutong Dipit uh, mga recipe sa panahon ng crisis no it's a cookbook uh collecting the recipes by peasant women 
So and it's another it's another collaboration or project with uh, Amihan no? and with Rural Women Advocates, the volunteer arm of Amihan. So the cookbook collects the you know, recipes from uh, peasant women uh, in various communities from uh, Visayas and Luzon. No? Not so much in Mindanao. I don't have any um, recipes from Mindanao. But the recipes show just how much peasant communities need uh, subsidy from the government, especially during these times, no? That uh, we call subsidy, uh, subsidy is called Ayuda in Filipino, Ayuda. So uh, it's, uh, the, the cookbook was released to support the campaign for, ayun, for Ayuda, no? For subsidy for peasant communities. Because they're the fr- food security frontliners of the Philippines, no? And, and the government just, you know, it, it seems that the government does not um, recognize that or does not appreciate that, that uh, our farmers, our fisher folk, no, they need production subsidy. They need help in, in, being, in being able to continue their work and produce food for us no, in, in, in the pandemic. So, so, yeah, so the, the recipes try to reflect that. The kinds of food being featured are uh, have ingredients that are sourced from, you know, cheap ingredients lang. Ganun. They have the cheapest ingredients. And then um, it's, it's trying to, to show what women can come up with, what kind of food women can come up with, with the with no subsidy, with no money, in ganyan. But, of course, we're not romanticizing that, no? We're not romanticizing the mother's capability to, to come up with, my, with, with food, even if, uh, from, 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 from nothing, ganyan. But, you know, we're trying to put across the point, or we're trying to call for, you know, for the government to, to give the much-needed uh, support and subsidy to peasant women. So it's, it's, a, it's a thin, thin book. And printed on cheap paper, but we're selling it for high price. No, uh, half of that uh, price will actually go to um, securing farm and production tools for peasant communities. So it's not just you know, it's not just they're not. If if you if you pay two hundred fifty pesos for the book, you ju- you don't get you don't just get the book. You also support, uh, yun, uh Amihan's um campaign to secure uh, farm tools for peasant communities. Yeah, so it seems like you guys have had a very busy year and very productive year. Um, and it's it's so evident in all of your projects um, that you, Gantala as a press, is really trying to, you know, push against that impulse or that tendency, right, to one-dimensionalize women and their experiences and their stories, and particularly, right, women in the quote-unquote, like, global south, but then really turning it around and showing the richness of women's lives. Um, but also, right, uh, having that call to action being very evident in your work. Um, so I guess just to wrap things up, um, you've touched on this a little here and there, of course, but I'd love to hear um, how you see kind of Gantala Press challenging the current publishing landscape in the Philippines, and then also uh, what you believe writing and publishing's roles are in activism as well as women's liberation we get to realize how by uh maybe after 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 practice <laughs> after doing 
our our publishing work parang ganun. so um like we have re- we've realized that by staying small you can afford to produce books faster uh you're not pressured to produce a lot of books well first of all you can't afford to no but uh you're not pressured to produce a lot of books and sell Uh, um, all of these books, uh, so that you can recoup your capital, for example. No, so it's not. We're not thinking like that. Parang ganon. Uh, we we're not thinking in terms of will we earn from this book? Uh, will we will we get back the money that we spent on printing this book, etc. No, what we're focused on is uh, does this book express what needs to be expressed does this book document the lives of women no because that's what we also want we want we want publishing uh we want our publications to serve as historical materials <laughs> or history materials or histor- historical documents that people uh, in the future can look uh look at No? so to um yeah to learn about to learn more about the lives of women uh in this time ganyan and of course to to help when when the people finally uh or when the people uh, asks for um ask for accountability from the government no ganyan so anyway so we want yeah we want our publications to serve as documents they're not they're not they're not really like we don't publish Uh, and we've we've mentioned this um, several times before, no, in past interviews that we don't really publish to produce books as consumer goods or as, or uh, even as 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 art objects. No, they're not. They um the the process of publishing does not end in in the book. Pananganon, it's it's a whole process and it's a whole um experience. It's a whole uh, yon so. Yon, we don't just publish we also network with communities we also document stories we also uh stand in solidarity with ano with communities no so it's different from how um traditional publishing usually works no which is of course uh, commercially driven uh they're, they're concerned about you know whether the book will sell etc but for us it's a different uh, concern altogether So and of course in the the smallness of the operations if you would call it no so we're small we're uh we're uh, independent no we can we can respond to issues immediately and quickly if we want to um without fear of being uh maybe censored or whatever or <laughs> no because yeah and then um publishing also in ano no in in the women's liberation um so gantala is the national coordinator of the southeast asia feminist action movement which is a network of grassroots feminist um organizations in indonesia malaysia and the philippines so uh we're a network of maybe 30ish uh organizations and and Yeah, parang I think that 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 uh, describes how our work goes beyond uh, just making books and publishing and editing and and selling books. No, it's it's also really networking with other groups and pushing forward advocacies and um, you know uh, 
organizing all of these other projects like uh, educational discussions, webinars. Uh, and then we have plans to, for CFAM, for example, has plans this year to conduct a feminist festival as well as uh, draft a Southeast Asian feminist dictionary. So <laughs> these are very, uh, very exciting projects. No? So, and um, in the past, CFAM has, um, like together we've written collective statements in support of uh, Amanda, for example, for the to free Amanda Echanis, no, and then uh, we also wrote a statement of solidarity for the people of Myanmar. So, it, uh, in short, uh, we want to emphasize that you know, that publishing is not only making books; uh, it's also you know, it's also all of this other work. No, it's curating exhibitions, online exhibitions. It's uh, being part of online of exhibitions. It's being part of other projects and and other discussions. No, so uh, it's not you know. So that's why when we when we introduce ourselves, we always say that we're a small press and a literary collective, because being a literary collective has all of these other like uh, potential, no? Yeah, uh, in terms of the kind of work, kinds of work that we can do and accomplish. Absolutely, I really appreciated what you said about you know centering and prioritizing stories of women and voices of women over profit, as well as acknowledging that publishing is just one small part of a bigger ecosystem, right, of solidarity work um, throughout the whole Southeast Asian region and beyond. Um, so thank you so much for your time and for your um, conversation. I know that our listeners will re uh, learn a lot from this conversation, and we also have as well. Um, is there any social media or any projects that we should look out for? We will put all of the organizations and the publications that you mentioned in our show notes as well. Um, but if there's anything you'd like to add, Gantala is also part of the Defend Peasant Women campaign. No, uh, it's being spearheaded by Amihan as well. So if you could support the campaign uh, for the government to uh, leave all of these peasant women organizers alone, no, so that they will be get red tagged and harassed, and then uh, we we're, the campaign also seeks to raise funds you know, to help women political peasant women political prisoners and of course to call for justice for slain uh, peasant women organizers no? because I think there are less than 50 already I'm, I'm not sure or maybe more because there are um, more than 300 uh, peasant uh, organizers killed already uh, during the time of Duterte so a good portion of that are peasant women so yeah, we're calling for uh, justice of course for for slain peasant women. So um, any kind of support would uh, would really help the campaign. Uh, of course, we... Uh, so that's one. And then our, we're working... We're currently working on a collection of essays by uh, women's health pioneers, um, uh, such as Dr. Florence Tadiar, no? the mother of Neferty Tadiar. So we're working with them to produce this collection of essays on the on how the women's uh, on how the women's health rights movement came about in the Philippines now in the eighties and nineties. So that's we we hope to publish that uh, this month or maybe next month. And then we also have a a project uh, that was made possible by a grant from Githy Institute. It's a comics on the uh, indigenous woman. Uh, leader 
uh, named uh, Leticia Bulaat of Kalinga. No? She was instrumental in the victory of the Kalinga people uh, against the Chico, against the building of the Chico Dam uh, in Kalinga in the 1980s, 1970s, 1980s. So we, we, we wrote a comics uh, about her story and the story of other Kalinga women uh, defenders, no? Uh, with Nina Martinez, no, she's a she's an artist uh, here, based here in in the Philippines. And then, um, yeah, we also plan to publish the first, maybe the maybe it's the first, it's the first collection of poetry by a farmer in the Philippines, and she's a woman, <laughs> so that's uh that's very exciting. Uh, we hope to publish it um on Peasants Month. So in October, uh, yon. Um, we 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 don't uh, no, we don't. I I just want to share. No, we don't usually ask for support, but people are generous to offer their support and donations to the press, and we're very grateful for that. Um, they would they would write us, and then they would tell us that uh they would thank us for our work, and then they would offer to uh, no, to donate or to contribute to the for example to print the expenses of our books and also these are very much and uh, very much appreciated and uh, they truly go to the to those and uh, to those book, book projects um what else yun uh, we, we have a lot, a lot of projects but uh ay, social media we have a website so gandalapress.org we have an instagram and a facebook account yeah so thank you so much again for your conversation this was really valuable and we really enjoyed it thank you so much